Franz Joseph Haydn was clearly the greatest composer of symphonies who ever lived. Along with his friend Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, he was the preeminent composer of music's classical period. Haydn's works are elegant, expertly crafted, and often deeply moving. They are filled with surprising turns of melody and harmony that show his great musical wit and keen intelligence. Always original and innovative, Haydn created musical traditions we still enjoy today. For all practical purposes, he invented the string quartet as a compositional genre. He almost single-handedly developed the symphony into a vehicle for sophisticated musical thought. Haydn's love of surprise and his almost magical ability to spin limited melodic material into wonderfully inventive music greatly influenced later generations of composers, particularly Beethoven. Hello, I'm Gerard Schwartz for Musically Speaking. On this recording, we'll examine the life, career, and historical position of one of my favorite composers, Franz Joseph Haydn. We'll also discuss, in some detail, two of his fine orchestral compositions, the Cello Concerto in D Major and the Symphony No. 103, the Drumroll Symphony. At the pinnacle of his career, during the last decade of the 18th century and the first years of the 19th century, Haydn was universally acknowledged as the foremost composer in the world. He had more than 100 symphonies to his credit and had become the greatest writer of music for the string quartet. But Haydn did not come by this eminence quickly. He rose from an obscure and humble background, growing as a musical artist slowly through diligent effort. He was no child prodigy, as his friend Mozart would be, but Haydn cultivated his talent through careful study and persistent effort. In the end, he reaped the rewards of his labor and so have musicians and music lovers for the past two centuries. Haydn was born in 1732 in Rohrau, a village near the borders of Austria, Hungary, and the present Slovak Republic. His father, who had worked as a wheelwright, loved to sing. Young Haydn developed a pleasing singing voice, which by the time he was six earned him a place in a choir school in nearby Heinberg. There is some evidence that he was mistreated at the school, getting more thrashings than food, as he later remembered. But he also received the rudiments of a musical education and became familiar with a number of instruments. His stay in Heinberg did not last long. One day, the director of the boys' choir at St. Stephen's Cathedral in Vienna, now world-famous as the Vienna Boys' Choir, visited the town in search of good singing voices. Haydn's voice stood out above all the others, and he was offered a place in the cathedral choir and school. Despite the boy's youth, Haydn's parents were eager for him to accept this opportunity in the distant capital. They hoped their eldest son would one day train for the priesthood, and the cathedral school would provide a good first step. Young Franz Joseph moved to Vienna shortly after his eighth birthday. At the cathedral school, he received instruction in keyboard playing and other musical subjects, as well as a modest general education. While he seems not to have received any formal training in composition, he learned much from singing and hearing a great deal of music. 
When Haydn was 18, he left St. Stephen's and, refusing his parents' pleas that he enter the seminary, set out to support himself as a musician. This proved exceedingly difficult, and Haydn endured a decade of poverty after his departure from the cathedral school. For a while he lived in an unheated attic room, and he remained, as an acquaintance described it, innocent of the comforts of life. In most of Europe at this time, a musician's best prospect for earning a living lay in finding steady employment at a large church or in the retinue of one of the wealthy families of the ruling aristocracy. Many European noblemen maintained musical ensembles at their mansions or palaces. The more wealthy and highly placed aristocrats had their own small orchestras as well as groups of singers on hand to provide music for religious and social occasions. The directorships of such musical establishments were coveted positions, requiring skill as a conductor, composer, and administrator. As he began his career, Haydn had neither the abilities nor the connections to secure such a post. He had led a financially precarious existence in the Austrian capital, working as a church organist, playing violin in what we would today call pickup orchestras, and giving lessons. At times, his income did not even meet his minimal expenses. On at least one occasion, he had to borrow money from his landlord. Haydn not only repaid this loan, but decades later remembered his benefactor gratefully and willed a sum of money to the good man's granddaughter. During these difficult years, Haydn worked to develop his skill as a composer. He read treatises on harmony and counterpoint, and he composed exercises and small keyboard works for his students. I wrote diligently, but not quite soundly, he recalled years later. Finally, his compositions came to attract attention among the musical connoisseurs of Vienna. In 1759, at age 27, Haydn obtained his first salaried position, director of the orchestra maintained by one Count Karl Joseph Morzin. Haydn's employment with Count Morzin lasted only about a year. The Count apparently squandered his considerable fortune and had to disband his orchestra. Still, Haydn had shown his abilities, composing several symphonies and other pieces for the Count's musicians, and also proving himself a capable administrator. While he was not a famous musician, his success for Count Morzin led to a similar appointment at the court of Prince Paul Anton Esterhazy. This was a huge step for the young composer. After many hard years of poverty, Haydn, still just 29 years old, had landed one of the most coveted musical positions in all of the empire. The Esterhazys were a venerable Hungarian clan and one of the most wealthy and powerful families in Europe. They possessed a great fortune and considerable land holdings and belonged to the elite inner circle that ruled the Austro-Hungarian Empire. Busily involved with affairs of state, the Esterhazy princes still found time for artistic pleasures. Music had long been their special enthusiasm. Prince Paul Anton himself played the violin, flute, and lute, and he supported a sizable group of musicians that included singers and a complete chamber orchestra. The prince divided his time between the family palace in Eisenstadt, east of Vienna, and the capital itself. As the Esterhazy music director, Haydn's responsibilities were to lead performances of various works, train the orchestra, and, as his contract specified, maintain the court's musical instruments in good working order. But above all, he was expected to compose. In this respect, musical life in the 18th century was unlike that of today. Modern orchestras draw on a repertory that spans several centuries. But in Haydn's time, discerning listeners like Prince Paul Anton 
wanted to hear current music, preferably new music. They were familiar with compositional trends and could appreciate novelty and innovation in a symphony or sonata. Haydn understood what was expected of him, and he set about providing the Esterhazy musicians with new compositions to perform. In 1762, a year after Haydn was engaged as the Esterhazy music director, Prince Paul Anton died and was succeeded on the throne by his brother Prince Nicholas. Under the new monarch, the Esterhazy court reached the zenith of its glory. Nicholas the Magnificent, as the new prince was called, had an expansive personality with a taste for lavish living. His enthusiasm for the arts extended to painting, sculpture, and the theater. But it was music to which Prince Nicholas was particularly devoted. Like his brother, he had an almost insatiable appetite for music of different sorts. In accordance with his wishes, the routine at his palace included two concerts each week, during which symphonies, concertos, and pieces for smaller ensembles might be played. Special events such as weddings, birthdays, and visits by high-ranking persons also called for musical performances, and at times compositions written particularly for that occasion. Presentations of plays and operas invariably entailed a musical component, as did services at the court chapel. Were all this not enough, the prince often concluded the day by playing chamber music in his personal quarters. This wealth of musical activity kept Haydn extremely busy. In 1765, he drew up a list of compositions he had written during his first four years of service to the Esterhazy family. It included as many as four or five symphonies per year, and dozens of other serenades, concertos, dance music, operas, and chamber music of different sorts, as well as church music. Shortly after assuming the throne, Prince Nicholas undertook the construction of a new palace near the shore of a lake in western Hungary.